listening to Fox Sports Radio. Radio. This is Straight Out of Vegas. With the voice of Vegas, your host, R.J. Bell. The pregame show America has always wanted. I doubt the future. I doubt the future. From the Vegas Strip, here's R.J. Bell. Fez, how do you feel about coming in here on a Friday? People are trying to pl- have some fun. All they want to do is listen to a little bit of grab ass and talk sports, and you got to walk in and kill their kill their te- team's chances before they even get an opportunity. How do you feel about that? I feel good, Jonas. I have to tell you, as a professional better, some of my best bets that I make are not on teams, but against teams, <laughs> fading good. teams. We've spoken about this. I love bad news. I love when Andrew Luck retires and leaves his team in the lurch, and I can play the Colts to go under 10 wins. Bets like that are pure gold. And as you mentioned, I think we've identified one specific NFL team we're going to talk about that is going to struggle, and one college basketball team that's going to struggle in the big dance. So much going on with college basketball and in the NFL, but I think we start with a little midterm evaluation, right, in the well, NBA. Yeah, absolutely, but here's the thing. Um, you you touch on something when it comes to bad news, because you're rooting for bad news, and I'm not going to paint you out like you're the night stalker. I don't want anybody to get that impression. That's not what we're trying <laughs> to do here. That's not the direction I want to go, but I, th- I think you speak for a lot of people who can relate to this, that sometimes you may not know what you want, but you definitely know what you don't want, and like, there's a lot of people that are going to go out to dinner with their wives or their better halves tonight and they're going to have this discussion what do you feel like eating i don't know you pick no come on come on what do you feel like eating and they can't pick what they actually want but if you throw out an option like how about chinese oh god no it's like that at least you know what you don't want and so you know what teams you don't want any part of thus you bet against them and we'll have a couple of those teams coming up later on in the show again straight out of vegas here fox sports radio jonas knox steve fezzik in for rj and so let's get us started fez we are at all-star weekend in the nba uh, not that anybody gives a crap uh, when it comes to the all-star weekend but it is a time to go ahead and look back at what we've seen so far in the nba and how the title odds may have shifted because, Fez, all of a sudden we've got a brand-new co-favorite expected or at least projected to win the NBA championship. Yeah, Brooklyn Nets plus 280 have the same odds now as the Lakers. The Nets just about a week ago were 4-1. to R.J. Bell recommended a bet on the Nets at that time. I got to give R.J. credit. Heck, I got to give our own Mackenzie Rivers credit. He bet the Nets at 2-1 to to win the East. And I think I was uh, buying the narrative of, oh, Kyrie Irving, Harden, these guys, are, I just don't trust these guys to integrate, to play well together. And really, the opposite has been true. The Nets, despite bringing Harden in, uh, missing lots of games, obviously, when he wasn't on the team, and having Durant missing so many games, they're right there with, with the best record in the East. And I think they only get better. And 
if I had to make one bet in the futures market, I would bet the Nets right now plus the 280. Jonas, you said you like the Nets to win the East even more at plus 125, yeah. right? That's that's the one that, that I would look at because when you get to the NBA Finals, I mean, you know this. I mean, it, it just depends the matchups. We've seen a couple of weird situations happen in the NBA Finals the past couple of years. You saw a bunch of injuries early on for the Heat last year in the Finals. Uh, you saw the uh, Golden State Warriors the year before that with the uh, Toronto Raptors. Uh, uh, injuries took place in those Finals. So we've seen this happen before where it's such a long race when you get to the finish line, it's all about a war of attrition. Who's going to be the healthiest when you get to that point? But as far as coming out of the Eastern Conference, I know that the Philadelphia 76ers are a great story, but I'm with you, Fez. These Brooklyn Nets have played and exceeded expectations thus far just based on personalities. Now, they do have Kyrie Irving, right? That's the problem, all right? Because Kyrie Irving is like the guy who decides to read a book in the middle of a party. Like, people are doing keg stands, and they're having a good time. There's a bathtub filled with booze. Uh, you've got stripper poles. You've got everything. And he decides that's the time he's going to break out war and peace and sit in the middle of the party because he just wants the attention and wants to show that he's different. And he's, I mean, if the earth's not flat, then we shouldn't go to the bubble. Then they should change the NBA logo. That's the only reservation I have about the Brooklyn Nets. I'm not worried about James Harden at all. James Harden's shown he's willing to sacrifice uh, and, and do something different and decrease his workload from an offense standpoint in order to try and make the team better. I'm not worried about Kevin Durant. He's already been paired up with stars before and had a couple of stars that he's played with. Kyrie, to me, is the one piece of that that I would I would be a little bit concerned with. And But here's the other part of the Nets and why I like this and especially like him to win the Eastern Conference. What's the one knock on James Harden throughout the course of his career? Great regular season, runs out of gas in the postseason. Well, now he's not having to carry the entire offense himself. So if that's the case and you're going to get a better rested, better in condition James Harden when the postseason comes around, Fez, to me, that just screams Brooklyn coming out of the Eastern Conference. Absolutely. And I like the Brooklyn team currently. And RJ brought up this point. They're not done yet because they're a very attractive team for any veteran to want to go to that wants to chase a ring. And I know that right now, Blake Griffin, who doesn't move the needle, he's not the player that he was, but he still would be a nice addition. He's minus 500 to go to Brooklyn for his next team. So a big favorite and our own Mackenzie Rivers. When he heard that news, Mackenzie, you think that's a big plus, not so much for how good Blake Griffin is, but for team chemistry, right? Absolutely. One of the most popular people on that team is the center, DeAndre Jordan. And remember, since 2009 to 2018, nine years, these guys were the original Lob City, even before Chris Paul got there. Blake Griffin throwing it up to DeAndre. DeAndre throwing it up to Blake Griffin. Good times were had by all. That's going to be rekindled in Brooklyn this spring. Uh, let me just uh, ask you this, Fez. Do we, so we know that Brooklyn to win the, to win the East is plus 125. What are the odds right now to win the West? Because it is, is Brooklyn more of a favorite to win their conference than the Lakers are to win theirs? Yeah, so the conference odds, Mackenzie, maybe you can look it up. Yeah, on... I got them right here. Oh, fantastic. You're looking at the Lakers plus 130, Clippers plus 270 is the next favorite. Then a big drop off to the Jazz at 3 to 1. I mean, boy, those, those Nets to win the conference, Jonas, they just, it almost feels like something has to go wrong. There has to yeah. be an injury. 
do we really think Philly's going to be able to knock off the Nets? And if not Philly, wow, Milwaukee is down this year and Boston's struggling. I just don't see it. Yeah, I, I don't see it either. By the way, I, I like the idea that uh, Blake uh, Griffin, who's now out of a job, a uh, guy just lost his job, uh, and Fez has got to take him out on national radio. I do like that. I mean, it just you know doesn't again move the with needle. it, yeah, it just it doesn't move the needle. He's irrelevant. Like like what do you like? What else do you like to do, Fez? I mean, I mean, what are we talking about here? Like you you somebody uh, bags your groceries in the store and uh, and you spray the bottom of the bag so it breaks and you make your their work tougher. I mean, what are we talking about here, Fez? This is this is unbelievable. You already taken out Blake Griffin. He didn't do anything to you. Hey, you're the anti-germ guy that All goes right, ahead listen. and you, you spray your hands before hey. you get your change and after. Come hey, on. Let me let me tell you something. If everybody was doing anti-germs a long time ago, we'd have fans <laughs> in stadiums right now. Okay, you guys can bust my balls all you want and call me Howie Mandel. I was way ahead of this whole thing before everybody else. Be sure to catch live editions of Straight Out of Vegas weekdays at 6 p.m. Eastern, 3 p.m. Pacific on Fox Sports Radio and the iHeartRadio app. Hey, what's up, everybody? It's me, three-time Pro Bowler LeVar Arrington, and I couldn't be more excited to announce a new podcast called Up On Game. What is Up On Game, you ask? Along with my fellow Pro Bowler, TJ Hushmanzada, and Super Bowl champion, yep, that's right, Plexico Burris. You can only name a show with that type of talent on it, Up On Game. We're going to be sharing our real-life experiences loaded with teachable moments. Listen to Up On Game with me, LeVar Arrington, TJ Hushmanzada, and Plexico Burris on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts from transitioning from where we stand from a team standpoint in the NBA at this point in the season, the MVP odds, Fez, we had been told this is LeBron's to lose. LeBron James is off and running. And now all of a sudden we've got a change in the MVP odds. Who's the new favorite to win the MVP? Yes. So Joel Embiid is now the new favorite just by a smidge. He's Plus 210, so bet 100, you get 210 back on Embiid after that monster game against Utah that hurt my feelings. I bet against Embiid, and he went for 40 against me. And the narrative has changed also on LeBron. Hadn't missed a game all year long, and then we saw him sitting out the game before the All-Star break, and we're really questioning, are the Lakers going to be all that focused to have a really good record in the West? Is there going to be more load management? I think it makes sense. Money's coming on Embiid. And frankly, when I look through all of the NBA candidates, one that's surging, James Harden, he was 30 to 1 just a week ago. He's 16 to 1. And I'm going to make the case I see one of those three winning the MVP. And I really don't think there's another strong candidate out there, Jonas. I, I think there's, look, I, I would vote James Harden. I'd have no problem voting for him if he continue to play at a high level and Brooklyn runs away with the Eastern Conference. I'd have no problem voting with him. Unfortunately, the people that make these votes, they like to use whatever sort of thing that bothered them about the player as a reason why they're going to vote against him. And I think there's no way the people in the NBA that vote on these awards are going to vote James Harden the MVP after he basically quit on his previous team. I just don't think it's going to happen. I, I think I think part of that plays into it. I don't like the part of it plays into it, but I think that's that's where we're at with this stuff. And a lot of this is based off you want to call it personal agendas, whatever. I just I find it hard to believe that James Harden is going to win the MVP. I'll say this though: if Anthony Davis is going to continue to be out, LeBron James has already taken time off. He took a game off. 
off. He's got the all-star break coming up. I wouldn't be surprised to see LeBron James come out of the all-star break like gangbusters and, and, and start putting up major numbers, wanting to show everybody I'm rested, I'm ready to go. I still think there's some value in LeBron James because he's the guy who's going to get most of the love because he's going to have to do it himself. And if if he's able to will the Lakers in some big games or some nationally televised games with Anthony Davis out, that's got to impact some of these odds. No question about it. And I think you can make a strong case for one of those three, like I said, to win. I'm kind of dismissing everyone else. I don't see the Joker winning. I don't see Doncic winning. I don't see Curry winning. Frankly, those teams just aren't having good enough years. And Giannis is not having a good enough year to even be considered compared to his monster prior year. So I'm going to go ahead and say it's a three-man race. And given it's a three-man race, if I had to make a bet, I'd bet the 16-1 to on Harden right now just because of the great odds. All right, quickly, before we get to break, uh, update on the odds of the Pacific Division. This is a bet that you guys made on the show. You bet the Suns to win the Pacific Division. Where was, where did, when you guys placed the bet, where did you get it at and where do they stand now? So we locked in the Suns 12 to 1, Jonas. The Suns are down to 4 to 1 wow. to win the Pacific. Of course, the Clippers and the Lakers are in that division as well, but the feeling is Phoenix may well go all in during the regular season and they have the best record since the bubble. They've won 75% of their games. They're currently with a one-game lead. We're sitting fat with our 12 to 1 bet on Phoenix to win the Pacific Division. Somewhere in Arizona there's a guy in a Dan Marley jersey listening to that, Fez, and, and he's just thinking about the good old days and how you're trying to bring back the great franchise there in Phoenix. Good for you. Good for you. Uh, it's either that or a Joe Klein jersey, one of the two. Be sure to catch live editions of Straight Out of Vegas weekdays at 6 p.m. Eastern, 3 p.m. Pacific. All right, so Fez, we talked about the bad news. The Detroit Lions are going to be really bad. Strength of schedule, all of that. Rebuild where they're at as, as an organization standpoint goes. Um, when it comes to the the AFC, there's somebody that you're actually a little bit more optimistic about. So a little bit of good news from Steve Fezzik on which team in the AFC? On the Pittsburgh Steelers, and I've got to, I guess, curb the enthusiasm a little bit. It's not so much I'm optimistic about Pittsburgh as much as I like what they did as an organization, working it out with Big Ben. They're paying Big Ben $14 million a year now in cash. That will make him the 14th highest paid quarterback. And you know what? By my rankings, Jonas, Big Ben's only the 19th best quarterback. So it looks like a bad deal for Pittsburgh to do this. But I think it's a good move as an organization. You look at what Rothless, what Big Ben has done for this organization and the like, and for the fan base. And I think bringing him back for one more year, even if you're slightly overpaying him, a good move by the Pittsburgh Steelers. Let me tell you something. Roethlisberger is tough for anybody to stay. It sounds like a dog uh, with peanut butter <laughs> in his mouth. Every t- like, it doesn't matter who it is. When you say it, it sounds like a dog with like a, a pound of jiff in his mouth. Like I'm, I swear to God, it's just one of those names that's really frustrating. It's like, like you, know what, you know what's a great name? Two great names, Bull Bull and Bilal Powell, because you can say those names, and then you can say those names after you take a bite out of a sandwich, and they sound the exact same. The exact Saxon. There's there's no difference whatsoever, but Roethlisberger's a pain in the ass even almost two decades into the league. Now, let me ask you, so you, you've got Roethlisberger at 19 when it comes to quarterbacks in the league. So, so 19 is where you've got him ranked. Where does that stand in the AFC North? So because if we're talking, and, and the reason I bring that up is this. 
I believe that you can find out who you think is going to win a division more often than not by who's got the best quarterbacks or at least who doesn't have the worst quarterback in the division. I I think that tells you a lot about where your team is at. If you've got the best quarterback in the division – you've got a really good opportunity. If you have the worst quarterback in the division, you're going to have to overcome a lot of hurdles to try and get there. So in the AFC North, when you factor in Lamar Jackson coming off a a year in which he gets to the postseason, gets over the hump, but then he gets knocked out of that game against Buffalo. You've got Roethlisberger a a year removed from that that arm surgery that he underwent last season. And you got Mayfield, who may or may not uh, have been on the set of Fire in the Sky uh, over the past couple of days and saw a UFO. And then you've got Joe Burrow coming off the injury, where do you have Roethlisberger in that division when it comes to quarterbacks? I do have him last. I have Lamar Jackson, the best quarterback, my number six quarterback, Mayfield number 10, Joe Burrow number 16. That assumes Burrow comes back fully from his injury, so that puts Big Ben at last. But of course, Pittsburgh's going to have to rely on their defense. So you, you think Roethlisberger is worse than Joe Burrow coming off that injury? Like or is I that said, just is that just based off last season and and you're looking at you know next season could be a different story but just based off last season's rankings that's where you have Roethlisberger. That's correct. So obviously oh, Burrow man. could struggle coming off the injury and in that case Big Ben would be third best quarterback in the division. So wh- where do you expect Pittsburgh's season win total to be at? And let, let me see if I if I would think nine nine and a half is that too high for Pittsburgh next year? Yeah, way too high. Probably eight to eight and a half. Just the way the the year ended. That by the end of the year, even though Pittsburgh started eleven and zero, most experts and I was included had Pittsburgh rated just a slightly above average team. That's it. See, I, I okay. Here's what I would say about Roethlisberger. First of all. They had no running game. They were the worst rushing offense in the NFL by a, by a wide margin. They were terrible. They couldn't run the football. You expected a guy, and I'm not saying you, Fez. I'm saying Pittsburgh expected a guy this late in his career coming off a serious, serious arm injury and a, a legitimate surgery that I don't know how, if anybody, maybe one or two guys, if anybody, had ever come back from. And Ben Roethlisberger threw the ball over 600 times last season. That, that was a recipe for disaster. The fact that they started 11-0 I think is impressive just based on how much you put on Ben Roethlisberger's plate to come back. But if you got him just some sort of a running game, if you got him some help and they could control the clock and as you pointed out that defense is legit there's got to be even though he's the worst quarterback in your rankings in the division there's got to be some value on them to win the division no all depends on the number if i get pittsburgh at plus 450 yes if pittsburgh's plus 250 no where do you think where do you think they'll be if you were to just rank right now the AFC North as far as who's the favorite to win it what the odds would be best guess knowing all that you know about Vegas and how they make these those lines where do you think the AFC North stands oh clearly Baltimore is the favorite there'll probably be even money and then you'd be looking at you know, Cleveland's a team that the pro betters love to bet so Cleveland's going to be about two to one and then like I said Pittsburgh probably around plus 350 man that's going to be yeah uh, that's going to be interesting to watch because one of those I'm not high on Cleveland I'll say that right now I actually think Cleveland might take a step back. I think Cleveland might take a step back. A lot went their way last year. A lot went right for them. And we've seen this before how coach comes in, gets a really good year out of a quarterback that maybe hadn't had that type of year, and then they sort of take a step back a la Trubisky and the second season with Matt Nagy where they regressed because people started to figure him out. I wonder if Cleveland's going to do the same thing. 
And one thing about the Cleveland defense, I do believe it's overrated. Think about those three games that Cleveland played this past year at home where the weather was just atrocious. Yep. The Eagles game, the yep. game against the Texans, the game against the Raiders, where you know Joe Montana wouldn't have been able to move the ball. So that made the Cleveland defense look better in the underlying stats at the end of the year than it really was. Fox Sports Radio has the best sports talk lineup in the nation. Catch all of our shows at foxsportsradio.com. And within the iHeartRadio app, search FSR to listen live. Everybody wants to win their NCAA bracket pool. It is about that time. It is that season. Uh, we didn't get it last year, but we all want to win our bracket pool. We all want to win the money involved with the bracket pool. You have identified the one team in college basketball that will not win the NCAA championship. And what team is it, Fez? It is the Gonzaga team, the favorite to win the tournament, currently at plus 275. I'm not saying they can't win, Jonas, but it is very unlikely the Zags are going to win this tournament. Three major reasons. First reason, the Zags were the best team in the country back in December. Then they had to play the West Coast Conference, and they pounded the Loyola Marymonts of the world for three months. So, what has happened is because of that, they're not getting any better. Now, all the analytics and the math geeks are looking at their underlying numbers for the entire year, saying this is the best team. Well, they were the best team, but in the meantime, the Illinois, the Michigans, the Arkansas, the West Virginias, all those teams have been getting better, and I don't feel Gonzaga has been getting better, so that's my first of three reasons that I'm looking to fade Gonzaga. All right, so the Bulldogs of Gonzaga, you say, are not going to win the NCAA championship. Now, they're undefeated. Are they the undefeated team? They're number one in college basketball, but is this you throwing shade at the smaller conference? Is this you just giving a little bit of love? I mean, because look, we've got to tell truths here because we want people to know that we're on the up and up. We're not pulling any, any shenanigans. We're not trying to play games here. You did go to a Big Ten school. All right, so I don't know if this is you sort of, uh, you know, looking at Gonzaga and other smaller conferences like the gum on your shoe, but you did go to a Big Ten school in Northwestern, and so you're saying fade Gonzaga to win the NCAA title. Well, I'm glad you brought up that I did go to school in Big Ten country, and that's where this tournament will be, in Indiana. And so it's obvious that's not good that the Zags have to travel to the Midwest, more travel than other teams. What isn't as obvious is that the crowds, there's going to be 25% capacity in these venues, and the Big Ten fans are going to root for their own, especially if they play Gonzaga. And also, the last undefeated team in college basketball, 1976, the Indiana Hoosiers. If I'm an Indiana, hey, there's a legacy there. And like those Miami Dolphin teams that revel in the fact no one else has gone undefeated, I think that there's going to be Indiana fans that are going to be cheering (laughs) against Gonzaga so they can pop the champagne like the Dolphins do each and every year when they Uh, lose. So that's my second reason. Hidden home court advantage against the Zags. But number three, Jonas, and I think you just accused me of not being on the up, up and up. I'm going to make the case the committee is not on the up and up. The committee has one job, one priority, and that priority is to get as many big conference teams to go as deep as possible in the tournament and to try to screw the little guy and not let him win the title. We saw this 2014, the Wichita State Shockers, number one seed, undefeated. What did the committee do? Well, they just dug into their bag of tricks, and they took a Kentucky team that was a clear-cut <laughs> top-10 team with Julius Rando, Willie Cauley-Stein, the Harrison brothers. Eh, give them an eight seed and put them in the same... I remember um, that. 
pod that. there yeah. as Wichita State. They sent Wichita State to their death. Poor Mackenzie Rivers. That, that was mm. his biggest. Mackenzie, that was your biggest bet you made as an early pro better, right? I wouldn't call myself a pro better back in the day, but yeah, that was the biggest bet of my life. I was calling one of those services, and they kept telling me a pick. They were 6-0. and I kept doubling my money. They said, Wichita State <laughs> minus five. It can't lose. I believed them. Van Vliet oh, let you man. down there. Fez, time for your best bet before we go. What do you like? All right, so I want to fade Gonzaga. How am I going to do it? There's a prop out there. Who's going to win the tournament? Gonzaga or Baylor? Or the field. Well, I'm not that high on Baylor, and you know I'm down on Gonzaga. I'm taking the field to win. So Gonzaga and Baylor are not going to win the tournament. I'm going to lay minus 150. I laid out all the reasons why I don't like Gonzaga here. I think Baylor has about a maybe just under a 15% chance. Gonzaga, way overrated. I'll take the field and lay the minus 150 to win the tournament.